Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Did you know over 50% of the homes in the Reno metropolitan area are not owner-occupied? What that means is that over half of single-family residents' properties in our area are rentals. Somebody's renting these properties. And somebody is making money on these properties because they own these rentals as their investment property. Now, this statistics about 50% and more of the homes in Reno being non-known or occupied comes from one of the recent Washoe County Census data reports. Now, it does not include apartment complexes or privately owned multi-unit dwellings of more than four units. But when it comes to single-family residences, duplexes, threeplexes, or fourplexes, over half of the ones that you look at are not owner-occupied. That tells you that one thing that I want all of our listeners to understand. Owning real estate as an investment is a great thing to do. It always has been. But it's even more so now because nationally, statewide, and locally, home sales are down. It's not that people don't want to buy homes. It's that people don't want to sell homes because the prices are moving in the up direction. And anybody that sells a home, if they're thinking about buying another home, doesn't matter what the price range, it's going to be a higher price range than it would have been one year earlier. So selling a home nowadays is not just about taking the money and going to find another home, uh, keeping the profits, putting them in your pocket, and being happy. In order to do those things now, it takes some major changes. You may have to leave the state. You may have to move to a rural community where prices are lower, and you can reap the benefits of having just recently sold your home for a profit because equity is moving up. Now, although a lot of the homes that we're talking about are rentals, a lot of them became rentals during one or both of the, or either of the recessions. As the bottom fell out of the housing market, a lot of investors moved in quickly. They bought everything they could get a hold of. And they used the short sale process and the foreclosure process to the max. In fact, investors look at tough times like what we're talking about now as great opportunities. You see, anytime things get bad for a group of people, you can bet they may get good for another group of people if they react accordingly. Sometimes you don't have to do anything. You just have to kind of sit back and watch your property appreciate. Now, at the time of the mortgage meltdown, the foreclosure period that we went through in the 2012, 13, 14 area, maybe a little earlier, maybe a little sooner, uh, a lot, not all homeowners qualified for that short sale. You know, some just didn't want to even mess with it. And some didn't want it to get into that financial hit of selling at a big loss because many of them bought their homes not that far before the mortgage meltdown. And they, many in many instances, didn't put any money down. So most owners chose to turn their former homes into rentals, the ones that hung on. They chose to turn them into rentals out of necessity. It's really interesting to think about that, too, because just think about this. As the mortgage meltdown was happening and home values were dropping like crazy and people were struggling to hang on to their property and some of them had to leave their properties, where did they go? They became renters. A lot of people escaped into the rental market. They became renters because they were previously homeowners, but they couldn't keep up with the process, the payments, the job was down. Some people... I know they did this. They let their homes go more so because the values were plummeting way below what they paid for them. And even though they might have had the ability to make those payments, they just couldn't see the value, the wisdom in making payments on a property that was essentially worth, in many cases, as low as half of what it was when they bought them at the peak of the market. So now that the housing market is getting hot again and and prices the lower end, pretty well totally recovered, right? You don't hear about short sales or foreclosures anymore. Well, now again, these people that have rentals have equity in those properties. 
And if they bottom, like we're talking about, in the lows, the low prices of the mortgage meltdown, of the challenges that we had in the earlier 2000s, they are now showing a substantial profit, you can bet, because the equity is going in the right direction. The number of rental properties that are in northern Nevada, I mean, it's more than doubled in the last 10 years. You can just look around and see how many properties are probably rentals. Drive up to Mount Rose sometimes, and as you're driving up through the lower end of Mount Rose Highway, as you're passing the Rayleigh's Market, you're going to see so many multifamily home sites. It's just amazing how many people are going to be living in the small area. In fact, that's what's happening to a lot of northern Nevada. It's getting tight because people are starting to live on top of each other. Two-story, three-story condominium or apartment complexes are here in northern Nevada, and they're going to keep coming as long as our city leaders, our county government leaders, allow this to happen. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're in our 16th year of weekly broadcasts, helping people think about buying a home, maybe making some investments in real estate, or maybe just how to take care of your home better so that as the market appreciates, your home will keep up with the appreciation because it's in good shape and because you're staying current with what trends are looking like. So, here we are. We're looking at the housing market in northern Nevada and across the country in 2021, and it's really amazing to me. I was reading just yesterday in one of the national newspapers that there are more real estate professionals, more realtors, more realtors in America than there are homes for sale. That is amazing. You know, when the real estate boom took off, a lot of people decided they could become super wealthy by becoming real estate agents because real estate was taking off, and it was like that for a little while. But it's funny how things work. I mean, nothing is easy that is really worth attaining, and home ownership proves again that it's one of those situations. It's not easy. I guess it's not supposed to be easy. Buying a home really takes a lot of strategy. You have to know about these things that are going on across the country. There are some realtors, you can bet, that are selling property to buyers that maybe wouldn't normally sell that property to the buyers. Maybe the buyers are willing to settle for a higher price or a less of a quality property because they know that there's a housing shortage. Maybe they're willing to settle for living in a certain area that they wouldn't normally live in because of the current housing shortage and the way things are, but they are buying a home regardless. The real estate agent may be selling a property that he would not normally sell, or maybe it's in a price range that is not normally in his range of scope. Let's say he normally only sells $200,000, $400,000 homes, and now he sees some, some places at one hundred and fifty, hundred and twenty. dollars got to take those deals because there aren't that many deals to be had. If you're in the real estate business or if you're buying or selling real estate, you need to know what the climate looks like. People don't want to sell because they don't know where to go. If you can help somebody find a way to determine what they'll do next if they sell that real estate, then you might have a deal that you're looking at. So you have to look at all the different angles when it comes to buying or selling real estate. A lot of things that are happening now is, of course, when properties do go on the market for sale, it's very likely those properties have renters that are already living there. And it normally isn't a problem when you have renters living in a property that you're looking to sell, but it does create some challenges to the process of showing the property, of discussing what the property benefits, the pop property drawbacks are. You know, sometimes uh, it's a challenge because the state law requires that your tenants be given a one-day notice. That's 24 hours anytime you're going to show a property. So this takes out the possibility of somebody just popping in and 
once knocking on the door while you're in the shower stand. I got to show this apartment, this home without an appointment. No, 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 that doesn't happen. You have to have that 24 hours. So with that 24 hours, you would think that that's going to be okay. You'll get good cooperation from all parties, right? But having personal experience in this world, let me tell you, a lot of renters are not at all happy about the prospect of having to, first of all, show their living quarters to other people, strangers, if you will, and second of all, of having to move. Because if if that property sells, it's very possible they're going to have to move. And they're going to reject a lot of the things that the agent, that the owner of the property is going to ask for them. Like, you know, having the property always clean, always show ready, always in good condition, you know, um, you know, being out, uh, giving the buyers, the prospective buyers, some opportunity to see the property without any pressure, without somebody looking over their shoulder. Some renters intentionally make it uncomfortable for the potential buyers, intentionally make it difficult for the real estate agents who are trying to sell the property. And why are they doing that? Because they already live there and they don't want the property to sell. So here's some of the things that you can do if you're putting your house on the market. Always give consideration to the renters. First of all, ask them if they want to buy the property. That way they can never say they never had a chance. You'd be surprised. Sometimes your renters might be some of your best prospects for buying the property that you're looking to sell. Now, the, the chances are you could always evict your property uh, renter and then try to sell it afterwards to sell it faster. But, you know, that can create a lot of challenges down the road. And in today's socially conscious environment, you want to be very careful that you treat your renters with the utmost respect and professionalism, regardless of whether you're buying a property or selling a property. So keep this in mind if you're looking to buy or sell property that is currently rented and you've got tenants in the property. Be sure your tenants are clear about the whole process. Make sure that uh, if there's a, a, a situation where you're selling a property that's going to continue to be rented, that you talk to the renter about a transfer of the lease to the new owner and how that's going to work. Every deal is different, but just make sure you think about how that lease would work if you're selling a property that's already got a, a tenant in there. And then as always, Make sure the property is tuned up as much as possible. Sometimes just a little bit of paint, a little bit of Windex can make a huge difference when it comes to showing a property. So keep your property in the best condition possible. And that alone is going to help you overcome a lot of roadblocks in the process of selling and then buying property that has renters within the property. If you're the buyer of the property, you want to ask these very same questions. Ask the seller about the lease transfer. Ask the seller what the relationships are with the current tenants. Do everything you can to get as much background prop uh, information on the property as possible before you sign on the dotted line. And here's one last tip that Peter Padilla is going to give you. If you're looking to buy a property that is currently rented, in addition to all the things we've talked about, I recommend you do this. When you're down to really deciding that this is very likely the property that you want to buy, I recommend that you drive to that property in your automobile and arrive at about 9 p.m. when it's dark. Park the vehicle on the street in front of the property, turn off the engine, roll down the windows, and sit for about 15 or 20 minutes and just kind of listen to what's going on. Just kind of see what the neighborhood looks like when all is quiet. You'll be surprised what you might find that would maybe impact your decision whether to buy that property or not. I'm not going to tell you what those situations might be. I will just tell you that you can learn more about a property and a tenant sometimes between 9 and 10 p.m. on a weeknight on the street in front of that property than you could by talking to that person for an hour because what you're looking at and what I'm encouraging you to look at is presentation and behavior of the property and of the tenant. We'll have more on buying and selling currently rented property. Plus, we're going to talk about how to buy a home in a hot market, which is what we're under in northern Nevada in 2021. 
Seven Tips for Buying a Home in a Hot Market is coming up right after this. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech Solar Screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. I love Sherry Hill, and you will too after you listen to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry Hill is known as the wealth protection diva because she knows the world of business like no one else. Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, recommended her book, Incorporate and Get Rich. And to this day, the phone keeps on ringing from people that want more success from their business. Tune in every Monday to the Sherry Hill Radio Show, 1130 a.m. The Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m. And welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm pleased to talk about... Uh, the heat that's coming in my direction. It's going to be nice and warm and sunny this summer. I'm very excited because I'm a beekeeper and I need to do everything I can to take care of my honeybees. It's not just giving them a nice honeybee box. It's making sure that the temperature is controlled for my beehives. We do that in a lot of different ways by putting out certain kinds of water, making sure that the beehives face in the right direction so that only a certain amount of sun per day comes into the entrance of the beehives. And then we want to make sure that there's enough shade on the beehives, at least some part of the hot day, so that it's not in the high cook mode all day long. Because, see, the bees have to work hard to keep the beehive cool. The more the beehives... Uh, absorb heat, the harder the bees have to work to keep the beehive cool, which means they make less honey. It's not good for the beehive to get it too hot. So I monitor the shade. Got to have plenty for the beehives. Then I go into my own personal home. My wife and I talk, and we have to have shade too. That's why we have SunTech solar screening on our homes. It is amazing just how much cooler our home in the hot summer than it was years prior. And we're saving money on our cooling costs all summer long because we don't turn the air conditioning on nearly as often. And when it does come on, it doesn't stay on nearly as long as it used to before we installed SunTech Solar Screening. They've all pay, already paid for themselves, and I'm enjoying them year after year and saving money as well. You can do the same. Want to learn more? Visit the website. They've got all the details there, and they'll get back to you fast. All you have to ask for is a free estimate. Go to the website, suntechsolarscreens.com. Look, the very first thing you've got to do if you're interested in buying a home, make sure that you have enough desire to buy a home. Well, I hear a lot of people telling me they want to buy a home, but do they really want to buy a home? You see, because if you're really wanting to buy a home, you're willing to do what it takes to buy a home. It's more than just talk, it's taking action. So how could you take some action real fast and get some acceleration toward buying a home? Well, the first thing you need to do is figure out how much of a home you can afford to buy. I was talking with my wife recently about the home buying process. I'm helping a family member with that. And I said to her, you know, I think that home buying is actually a humiliating experience. And you should have seen the look on her face. Well, she, was in a, she was aghast. I said, hold on. I say humiliating in a good way. You see, when somebody is humiliated, when I am humiliated, I am exposed to my weaknesses. 
I am I really see myself for who I am the good the bad the rich the poor it's a humiliating experience you can buy anything you want and fake it besides a home you can buy jewelry you can buy clothes you can buy a car and you can fake it you can pretend you're a rich person even if you're not you can go into debt you can borrow money beg borrow steal there's a lot of ways to fake it but when you're going to buy real estate in America well that's when push comes to shove that's when the real you comes out it is a humiliating experience yes you get to see all your debts you get to know how much assets you own you get to see how your income compares to your debts to your assets to your lifestyle a lot of people they're living way above their lifestyle driving big fancy cars and living in shacks <laughs> yeah i have seen it in my life ladies and gentlemen many times i remember in high school a friend of mine was telling me about an older friend that he had that he'd go hang around with and go shoot uh, pool with and have some fun with and i ran into them one day and he was with his buddy and they were driving a brand new car it was a beautiful car it was incredible and i thought to myself oh, i could never afford a car like that it is just so awesome the guy must make a lot of money and just have a really good lifestyle so well i figured right well, it wasn't about a few months later I happened to be hiking with a different friend in a different part of the county where I lived in Colorado, and I happened to see that car. We were hiking out in the backwoods. Uh, there were a lot of, uh, you know, lower-end uh, manny homes there and some really some real shacks there, and it was just a really poor end of the county where I lived in, and I saw that same beautiful car there. And I, I just I scratched my head. I couldn't figure out why that car would be there we were hiking in the backwoods looking down into that area and i asked my friend if he knew the owner of that car he says oh yeah he said he lives there he lives there i mean it was embarrassing i don't even think it had an indoor bathroom there was an outhouse on the other side but it was the most beautiful red camaro you've ever seen it was brand new well i got to thinking about that in the coming days weeks months and i've learned that that in fact was actually true this gentleman who presented himself as a very successful and rich person by driving this fancy new car was actually living in a shack and couldn't put things together couldn't rub two nickels together to think about investing in his future in real estate he was more interested in buying a new fancy car so that he could impress his friends that has stuck with me ladies and gentlemen to today it is a humiliating experience when you get pre-approved for a mortgage because your mortgage lender is going to ask you those questions. How much money do you earn? How long have you been at your job? What kind of real estate do you already own? Do you have bank accounts, savings accounts, retirement accounts? Need to know what you've got there. Let's look at your credit report. I want to see what your score is. We also want to see what kind of debts you have on your credit report. Make sure there aren't any errors on your credit report and anything's that maybe show up that we haven't talked about that could impact your decisions and the bank's decisions to loan you money to buy a home with a mortgage. It's a humiliating experience, ladies and gentlemen. You have to be ready for that. That's why I recommend that you get pre-approved to get pre-approved. Yes, the first step is to get pre-approved for a mortgage, but before you go see a mortgage lender, before you go see a mortgage banker, you have to know what they're going to ask you, right? Because you don't want to be shocked. Here's what you're going to need to provide. Your last two paycheck stubs. They want to see how you earn your money and how much you earn. The mortgage lender is going to ask to see your most recent bank statements for the last two months. You want to make sure that you're a, a good uh, business manager of your personal business. You know, you pay your rent on time. You pay your bills on time. You've got a fair or better credit score. They want to see those things. They want to see your debts. I mean, how much are you paying now? They want to know, are you living above your means? Trust me, as a mortgage lender for over 10 years, it was not uncommon for me to remember that story I told you about earlier, about my friend's friend who had the new car and lived in a shack. I would think about that often, especially when people 
would come to me and I would order their credit report. And here was somebody that was maybe your average Joe or Jane working at an average Joe or Jane job, W-2 employee, middle-of-the-road person, but they're driving a car that would be driven normally by a person that earns two or three times what they earn. So what is the case here? In many cases, my prospects have car payments that are so high, there's no way they're going to get a mortgage. The car payment is eating up such a large amount, such a large percentage of their monthly income, they have nothing technically left over to purchase a home. They have no capacity. They're faking it with an expensive car and expensive tastes. And maybe, ladies and gentlemen, they're living in a shack. So my recommendation, the biggest recommendation, is to make sure you're living below your means. Make sure you're not sending the wrong message to the universe. Driving a BMW when you can only afford to drive a Ford is sending the wrong message to the universe. You have to conserve your resources so that you can put them in the places where they're going to have the best impact on you, for you, and your family. I'm encouraging you to consider buying real estate if you're a renter and if you've already got your primary residence. Think about buying investment property. Want more tips for buying a home in a hot market? Don't wait for the weekend. Get out there and look around today. Get a qualified professional to work with you, a great mortgage lender and a great real estate agent. Stay up on technology because most people nowadays want to communicate digitally and that includes seeing the home. I'm encouraging you to get a video of the home that you're interested in buying or selling so that you can make a lot of decisions before you spend money on time and gasoline. Don't get hung up on the tiny little details because everything will work out if you work with top quality professionals. When it comes to mortgage lending, I recommend Brian Cushing from the Guild Mortgage Team in Northern Nevada. He'll get you set up Know where you are in the pre-approval process, and before too long, you may be a homeowner too. We'll talk more about buying and selling real estate in Northern Nevada after this quick message. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of homeownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. One, two, three, four, five. Save the date for the Four Kids Foundation's fifth annual golf tournament, Friday, May 21st at Red Hawk Golf and Resort. Four Kids Foundation helps disadvantaged local kids in so many ways. New coats for those that can't afford to buy their own. Eyeglasses to help students learn better. Weighted blankets for kids with autism. Dance lessons to help build confidence. Or equine-assisted therapy to help kids recover from physical or emotional abuse. Help support the kids by supporting 4Kids Foundation's 5th Annual Golf Tournament. You can sponsor, participate, and support in this outstanding event. The 4Kids Foundation 5th Annual Golf Tournament, Friday, May 21st at Red Hawk Golf and Resort. Get all the details and register at 4KidsFoundation.org or call us, 775-741-5231. Save the date for the 4Kids Foundation's 5th Annual Golf Tournament, Friday, May 21st at Red Hawk Golf and Resort in Sparks. I love Sherry Hill, and you will too after you listen to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry Hill is known as the wealth protection diva because she knows the world of business like no one else. Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, recommended her book, Incorporate and Get Rich. And to this day, the phone keeps on ringing from people that want more success from their business. Tune in every Monday to the Sherry Hill Radio Show, 1130 a.m. The Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m.
So as a mortgage lender, some of the best experiences I ever had was when I was outside of the office and working in the field. I mean, in the field. I would go visit homes. I would visit real estate agents. I would visit with other real estate professionals. I would take tours with home inspectors of some of the homes that I was working on processes with. Uh, the uh, home inspection process was a lot of fun to go with a home inspector to see some of the homes. I remember many a time looking down into the crawl spaces, looking for water, looking for visqueen that is not in good order. In fact, one time I went with a uh, client and the home inspector to look at the crawl space in the home because we were going to be closing the transaction in a matter of days and the inspector had had some challenges getting there for some reason. There was a lot of action going on at the time. But when the inspector and I looked down into the crawl space with the flashlight, he looked at me and he said, Peter, this thing is not going to close on time. A week is not enough. I said, wait a minute, what's wrong? He said, look down there. And I looked down at the the visqueen, that's the plastic in the crawl spaces on many of these homes. We were looking actually at a home in the um, Red Rock area. And that home had visqueen, but it was like, it looked like somebody had had a wrestling match in the crawl space. Apparently, a repairman or a maintenance man of some type had gone down previously and had done a lot of work getting in and out. And anyway, the visqueen was just a mess exposed dirt, exposed ground, all kinds of problems. And the gent told me we'd have to schedule a time so that he and his crew could come in and get the visqueen relayed up so that it would pass inspection. They could send the inspection report to the title company, and then the transaction could close. Unless this inspection was completed properly, there was no deal. You know, it's hard enough to get deals done anyway finding a seller that's interested in selling, finding a buyer that can get the process done because they've been pre-qualified, finding the the inspector, the appraiser, the title, every putting all the pieces together, and then it comes down to a piece of plastic that may prevent this deal from actually being coming to fruition. That home inspection is critical. I recommend the home inspection to be done right away. You know, when a property is accepted, for sale because a buyer has put an offer, buyers should first thing get doing is that inspection because that's your out if you need an out on the deal. The inspection comes in bad or comes in less than expected. As a buyer, you may well have the opportunity to say, no, you know what, I'm going to pass on this deal. The inspection didn't come out as expected. It may need repairs. It may you know, need uh, replacement. You never know. Whatever the deal is, if you purchase a home on the contingency of it passing an inspection, that's your out. In this case that I've talked about, that visqueen could have given the buyer an opportunity to back out of the deal. The challenge was that it was a buyer that I had done a pre-existing uh, pre-approval for on a mortgage, and the seller was ready, the realtors were all ready. It was because of this inspection that we were having a challenge. So it's not just the home inspection that could create a create a problem like this. It could be the pest inspection. You know, a lot of people think the pest inspection, just for they call it, in fact, some people call it a termite inspection. But it's not just that. You know, we're in a really dry climate here in northern Nevada, and pest inspectors are supposed to look not only for the insects like termites, but for other kinds of wood-destroying pests, organisms, mold, fungi, dry rot. Pest inspectors, they're trained to detect all kinds of conditions that can lead to serious problems. I had one pest inspector that didn't see any problem with pests, but when he got in the crawl space of the home he was inspecting, he could hardly even stay there. And the reason? The smell of cat urine. Apparently, the prior owners of the home had not trained the cat or allowed the cat to do his or her business in one of the closets for years. And so what happened? The urine soaked down into the carpet, soaked down into the floorboard, soaked down into the floorboard and the beams below it, and it absolutely stunk like high heaven. It was horrible. 
So here's what apparently happened, is that the sellers knew that this was the problem as they were selling it, or somebody told them, the renters, the landlord, the real estate agent. Somebody said, you're going to have to clean this up. And the sellers had the carpets professionally cleaned so that during the home showing process, it was fine. People would go in and out for 10 minutes, half an hour, even in an hour, you wouldn't even notice. But after the buyers got the home, it was a different story. That home inspection could have saved them thousands of dollars. If they could have walked or had it repaired or replaced before they purchased the home, but instead they had to do it on their own. Pest inspections are critical, along with the home inspection, making sure everything runs. They do an HVAC inspection along that time. The heating, air conditioning, ventilation systems, got to make sure they're all clean and in good operating order. I recommend that people always look into the floor vents or the side vents in the rooms and with a flashlight and look in those vents, look in those vent pipes, vent hoses, and see what kind of buildup is in there. Home may look like it's in great shape, but when you look into the vents of the heating and air conditioning system in a home, I think it's kind of like looking into the arteries and ventricles in the human body. You can see how much buildup is in there, how much cholesterol, how much plaque, whatever that bad stuff is, right? The ventilation system in your home is a lot the same way. It's a real indicator of the kind of maintenance that has been done on your home or on the home that you're looking to buy. So the home inspections are really critical. Not only the home structure inspection, the pest inspection is important. The HVAC inspection is important. I also recommend a radon test. And radon is getting to be more of an issue across the country. When I lived in Colorado, um, many of the counties were requiring the radon tests because uh, it was a naturally occurring radioactive gas that can cause cancer in humans. And there was a lot of it in and around western Colorado part that I was living in at the time. Testing for radon is generally not included in a standard home inspection. But regardless, I, if I was buying a home, I would insist on having a radon test as well as the typical general home inspection test. It doesn't matter the fact that the even if radon has not been detected in our area in the past, uh, it's worth doing. And the cost is relatively low, maybe two or $300. So it's worth your safety. You're going to live in there a long time. Get the radon test, get the HVAC inspection, the pest inspection, the home-based home inspection. And you know they're going to be checking for things like lead-based paint, which, you know, unless you're buying an old home, a home built prior to 1978, it's very unlikely you're going to have any lead-based paint issues. But you might. Make sure it's all checked out. Here's another one that I think is really important, and that is the septic system. In my home, in my part of the county, we have a septic system that uh, requires to be drained, cleaned, flushed on a regular basis. I found out when I moved in it hadn't been done in so many years. I was afraid I was going to have a major problem. Big party coming up. Last thing you want is problems with your sewer or septic system. So the best way to check your sewer line or septic system is to do it when you buy your home or when you sell your home. You don't want any troubles during a transaction because the sewer or septic system has not been inspected and not been certified as running properly. When I was doing mortgages, many of the times we found that we had a septic system. It was required that the septic system be checked and pumped, pumped. Even if it had been pumped recently, we required that when the new transaction was happening, that the new homeowner would walk in with a septic system that had recently been pumped, checked, was all fresh and ready to go. I can't think otherwise from a safety position and a security position that it would be better. So there you go. These are critical inspections when you're purchasing a home anywhere in the country. Make sure you get that home inspection. You'll learn more about buying a home, selling a home, and maybe even considering a new home. I mean, a home that's just being built. What's the difference? We're going to talk about that and about the latest stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors after this quick message. 
One, two, three, four, five. Save the date for the Four Kids Foundation's fifth annual golf tournament, Friday, May 21st at Red Hawk Golf and Resort. Four Kids Foundation helps disadvantaged local kids in so many ways. New coats for those that can't afford to buy their own. Eyeglasses to help students learn better. Weighted blankets for kids with autism. Dance lessons to help build confidence. Or equine-assisted therapy to help kids recover from physical or emotional abuse. Help support the kids by supporting 4Kids Foundation's 5th Annual Golf Tournament. You can sponsor, participate, and support in this outstanding event. The 4Kids Foundation 5th Annual Golf Tournament, Friday, May 21st at Red Hawk Golf and Resort. Get all the details and register at 4KidsFoundation.org or call us 775-741-5231. Save the date for the 4Kids Foundation's 5th Annual Golf Tournament, Friday, May 21st at Red Hawk Golf and Resort in Sparks. I love Sherry Hill, and you will too after you listen to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry Hill is known as the wealth protection diva because she knows the world of business like no one else. Tune in every Monday to the Sherry Hill Radio Show, 1130 a.m. The Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning in to our show today. Every month I get the latest stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. And I also get a chance to visit one of the local realtors' websites that's got all that data, relocatingtoreno.com. That's where you can get all of the stats that are really important for your home buying or home selling process. You've got to know where the market is. So you can visit Dan Ryder's website, relocatingtoreno.com, and get the stats. Well, let me tell you what they are right now. For February, we looked at some numbers that came in. And it's an indication of what the market is really doing, and that is it's cooking, cooking hot. Hot in the sense that the market has grown substantially in just one year. The median home price in the Reno Sparks area has gone up by almost 15% in just one year. Today, the median home price is $450,000. Median home price means half the home sold for less and half the home sold for more than $450,000. So don't think that that is the bottom end and what your starting price is going to be. No, no. It means there's homes below 450 and homes above 450, but that was the median home price. And how does that compare? Well, it's gone up substantially. Like I said, it's 14.6%, almost 15% in one year. So if you bought a home one year ago, your home would be worth another 15% in just one year. What does that translate to in money? Well, when you were talking about homes at this price range, you're probably talking about close to $50,000 of value growth in just one year. People who are strictly investors and they think about that, and they say, my gosh, how could we? That's just amazing. And you get to live in the house if it's your primary residence. So you got to live someplace anyway. How about it's almost like getting paid to paid to live in your home, right? When your equity grows. Now, it doesn't always grow and it's not guaranteed. And sometimes it's dropped dramatically and people have lost their shirts on real estate because they bought it the right time and had the wrong income or they bought it the wrong time, even though they had great income or there were other things that maybe didn't line up properly. The key now is to be smart when you make those home buying decisions. Knowing what the median home price is just one of them, $450,000, median home price in northern Nevada. How many homes are sold, have been sold in the last month? Well, the prior month when this stat report came out told us that there were 379 homes, typical three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage homes. This does not include condominiums or townhomes, 379 houses. That's not a lot of houses when you look at a population of somewhere around 400,000 people in northern Nevada. Another stat that many real estate pros look at is how long it takes for a property when it's listed for sale. How long does it take to get into contract? You know, people want to look at a house. They want to think about it. They want to look at other houses. And typically across the country, it's always been somewhere around 60, maybe 90 days before you get that final deal and you're in contract and you're ready to go. Not today, ladies and gents. In northern Nevada, it's only 24 days. That's the average it takes to get into contract once a home is put up for sale. And being in contract means that it's signed, ready, in the bottom line. You may have gotten an offer on that very same property 
in one or two days. It just took that long to get all the pieces together to get the contract written up. The thing to remember is always it's going fast. So you have to be prepared when a property comes up for sale. You have to know what you're looking for, know what your income is like, know what your capacity is, know that you'll have the ability to put an offer on a property. And if everything comes together, it should come through if all of the data is still accurate. There's not a lot of homes for sale in northern Nevada right now. In the Reno-Sparks area, there are about 253 homes. Now, that's up a little bit over the last month, but a year ago, it was more than double that. There were over 500 homes for sale. Now, it's less than 250. Amazing. Many people, when they're looking to buy homes or even sell their homes, they look at what it would cost to rebuild the home. There was a time, in fact, back in around 2012, when it actually cost more to build a home than it did to buy a home. And when it costs more to build a home than to buy a home, then you're really rocking when you're looking to sell homes because, uh, you know, it's the homes that are out there right now that are the great value. It's pretty well turned around now, more of a balance. The square footage cost, the price per square footage of homes being sold is $269 a square foot. That's up 19.9% in one year. That is amazing, right? I mean, it's just costing more and more to build a home, and so it's costing more and more to buy a home. It's not that time in the real estate cycle when you can buy a home for less than you can build it or vice versa. It's expensive at both ends. So you've got to know what you're doing all around. There are some new listings coming on the market all the time. People are thinking about selling. Those numbers are tabulated. The real estate agents report it. The last time we looked at the new listing number for Northern Nevada, there were 443 new listings of real estate for sale. That's down 17%, a little bit more than that, in fact, from a year prior. The last thing I always like to look at is the percent of ask received. So people are asking, let's say they ask $300,000 for a property that they're for selling, right? And you know people, they want a deal. They want to haggle. Some people want a real bargain. Well, this is not the time to do that, but here's what could happen. Homes for sale for $300,000. You figure, well, the guy's obviously going to take two I'll save myself five grand in my pocket. I can use that to maybe get some new carpet. So you offer two ninety five. Your percent of ask is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 98 or 99% of what they're asking. And in the old days, before 2012, it was very common that the ask versus received was less than 100% because it was always common. You always, you're going to get a deal. You're going to give a little bit of a deal, but just get me close to 100%, right? Nowadays, because it's so tough to find real estate for sale, and when you do, there's so many offers on that property, people are wising up. They're offering more than what the seller is asking so that they get a better shot of closing the deal. The most recent percent of ask received is the highest I've seen in my entire life in working real estate. 101.7% of ask is what the average seller is getting. So what does that tell you as a buyer? Well, if you didn't know this, you'd be out making offers on real estate that you want to buy, but you'd be always offering under 100%, maybe 99% or 98.5%. Maybe on some you'd want more of a discount. And you'd keep wondering, why does not none of my offers get even considered? It's because the strategy for today in March of 2021 is to offer more than what is asked if you really want that property. Because if you don't, the chances are real good you're not going to get it. Knowing that the average percent of ask is 1.7% more than what a sale is being offered at, it gives you great advice. If you're making an offer, you should offer at least 1.7% more than ask. That's what's going on right now in the market in order to close your deal. If you really want to close that deal, you might want to consider 2% above ask or 3 You've got to decide what is your best approach. A real estate professional is going to ask you and help you make that decision. But still, you've got to be prepared 
to offer a little bit more than what is asked of the price, it may be your best decision to pay a little bit more so that you can get the property. You want to find out more about buying and selling real estate? I'd love to talk to you anytime after the show. You can call me at Nevada Real Estate Radio. The phone number, 775-786-5515. And you know, I get a lot of my information and details about the real estate world from professional real estate agents, mortgage lenders, people in the title and escrow world, and people that are in the business of incorporating other businesses. And many of those businesses are holdings in real estate. You know, when you buy real estate and you're going to rent it out to a tenant, you're in business. Congratulations. Many real estate owners, though, that rent their property, they fail to form a business. So they're tremendously exposed to liabilities, actions of others, because you're vulnerable. When you own commercial property, rental property in your own personal name, you have got to protect that property so that you can protect your assets and that will protect your family and your employees if you have employees. Take care of business the right way. Real estate is a business. If you're buying your first investment property or you already have investment property in your own personal name, I recommend that you call Sherry Hill at Sage International. She's the wealth protection diva. Over 28 years of helping people solidify their businesses and real estate assets by incorporating in the right way. And there are many, many ways to do it. The consultation is valuable that Sherry offers when you visit with her at Sage International. Set up an appointment and she'll get back to you right away. Visit the website, sageintl.com and tell Sherry Hill that Peter sent you. I encourage you to invite your friends to tune in again to Nevada Real Estate Radio next week, same time, same station. And then they too can make a great deal when it comes to buying or selling real estate in Northern Nevada or anywhere in the great U.S. Until then, goodbye, everybody. You have been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.